Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2020. This is Rowan talking about step two. G'day everyone, I'm Rowan, I'm an alcoholic. Um, and I've been asked to share a little bit on, on step two today, so came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Um, but for me, um, I want to talk a little bit about step one as well because my experience was that only by kind of understanding the the depth of the powerless over alcohol and, and the unmanageability of my life, um, that I actually came to, to have a reason to actually take step two, that I had a reason to, to need a higher power in my life. Um, so for me, what it was like that, um, you know, I remember that the first time that I had un, unrestricted access to alcohol was at my cousin's wedding. Um, and there was a group of teenage boys on the table and a big group of bottles in the middle and there was enough for everyone to get a really good buzz on. And the reality was that that everyone else at the table, also teenage boys, just had one or two, and I polished off everything, everything that was left. And um, I, you know, was a very, very shy kid. And, and at the end of all of that, I found that I was up on the dance floor having a great time, and I loved the feeling that alcohol gave me. And you know, from then on, every cousin's 18th, every cousin's 21st, you know, who wants to be the barman? Thank you very much. I'll do that and I'll pour one for you, and if my drink's empty, I'll pour one for me as well and get to try a lot of stuff at that time, you know, that, that every time I drank, I had as much as I was able to get my hands on, and if I ran out, yours was free game as well. Um, and that I identified that, you know, but early on I didn't really have that mental obsession. I wasn't just thinking about drinking or not drinking. I, I was kind of able to put it down, but I knew that once I stopped, I was in for a big night. Uh, once I started, I was in for a big night. Um, but, you know, I identified that drinking was a real problem for me um, several years before I actually came into the program. Um, but I wasn't able to take that, that conscious step to actually be able to stop drinking and stay stopped. Um, but I'd do things like, you know, I'd chuck a sickie at work and my partner at the time would, would go into work and I'd, as soon as she was out the door, I'd be on it. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd figured out this little system where I'd have enough drinks and then, you know, fall asleep nice and early and so I could wake up and be not too bad when she came home and say, oh, I've just had one or two. But, you know, she changed her plans at one stage and came home early and um, I found myself completely trash sitting at the computer and we had a big argument and she poured the rest of my beard, uh, booze down the sink and, and um, you know, said it's either me or the booze. And, of course, I said, well, well, it's you, of course. I love you. I want to be with you. And um, two days later, I find myself taking a left turn after the train station to the bottle shop and picking up a bottle and being in exactly the same place the next day. Um, you know, I'd buy the same brand of alcohol and kind of stick it under the bed and, and then I'd have this magical never-ending fridge where I'd have just a four-pack in the fridge and, and I'd just go and grab a couple more out of the front of the bed and stick it in the fridge and it, I could always say, oh, look, I've only had two. I've had four maximum if, if they're all gone and I'd forgotten to refill, you know. And at one stage, about four, four years before I came into the program, I quit for about nine months. I stopped drinking and everything got better. Um, I, you know, my health got better. I was doing better at work. Um, the relationship was going better. All these things were getting better and I was kind of got to a point and I was, thought, I'll reward myself. I'll have a drink. You know, and things started to go downhill pretty rapidly at, at that stage. But, and I just remember long nights of talking with my partner at the time and saying she'd always be confused and I'd be drunk and I wouldn't know why. I was completely baffled. I'd be like, I'll do better next time. I'll do better next time. We'll try this. And I was completely confused. You know, that, that baffled word really, really 
um, was you know, struck home for me when I, when I read it in the book and heard it in meetings. Um, but I tried all sorts of things that I could, you know, exercising my own willpower to try and control my drinking. Um, you know, I, I grew up in the country and I was living in the city, so of course it was I should move back to the country because I'm a country boy and there's too much stress in the city, so that'll help me control my drinking. You know, I'd only drink with other people, but pretty soon after that, you know, my, my brain starts telling me, well, my dog counts as other people, right? <laughs> um, I'd keep a diary about, you know, how much I was drinking and how much I was feeling. And, you know, I found those diaries about six or nine months into sobriety, and all that it was about was about how much I'd drunk that day and how bad I felt or how I'd managed to not drink that day and how much worse I felt until I eventually the pressure built up again and I would drink again, you know. Um, and, you know, I worked with a doctor and um, stopped cold turkey and, and with Valium and, um, you know, lasted about 10 days and discovered that those two things actually work really great together <laughs> and, and kind, of, kind of ended that attempt, you know. Um, but for me, the biggest and longest thing that I tried was working with a psychologist and trying all of those little things. I worked for years with a psychologist before I came in here and it was always about trying to fix everything else in my life so that I could be okay enough to stop drinking, you know, fixing my relationships, my work, um, you know, doing healthy habits, controlled drinking, no drinking, you know, it, nothing really seemed to matter, but I kind of tried everything and nothing worked for me. Um, the only thing that worked was that I was able to control the consequences because if I isolated enough, I was pretty much only hurting myself. I didn't end up losing a job or or crashing a car or losing a license or any of those big consequences. But as a result, all of that turned inwards and I absolutely hated myself. You know, before I got here, I was absolutely desolate. You know, drinking had become more important than every, anything else in my life. That um, I've, if I was to get an invite out with friends and family or colleagues, I'd only accept if there was free alcohol available or, or pretty unrestricted access to it or if I could actually go there, stay for about an hour and then go away and drink the way that I needed to drink. Um, but by the end, I found that every time I drink, I wanted to end my life. That was pretty much it. I got no release, I got no ease and comfort. Every single time that I drank, I'd just drink and drink and drink and eventually that thought would pop into my head and I got really, really scared. And the terror kept me sober for about five days until I did exactly the same thing again. And what happened to me is that I, I reached out to my psych. It was the only person I had there who, who somewhat understood what I was going through and, and needed, you know, um, that I felt like I could turn to for help. But for once in my life, I actually turned to someone else and said, I am screwed. I can't stop. When I start, I can't stop. And then when I'm stopped, I can't stay stopped. Like, I was, I was just stuffed. And he, bless him, suggested to come to AA that it had worked for other clients of his and that, and that perhaps I should give it a go. And he said to me, you can't, you, you literally cannot drink. Like, this is, you cannot drink anymore. And I lasted one day. And I'm sitting at home, I've just got home from work, I've been home 30 minutes, and I'm already going, I can't drink, but I want to drink, I can't drink, but I have to drink. Maybe I should try AA. And so I walked down to my first meeting and it was actually, turns out it was the step week, Steps Weekend that was run prior to this one, and the presentation was on Step 1. But I had to... <laughs> thank you. But I, <laughs> but I had to walk down 
It was only a half an hour walk, but I knew that if I drove down, I was going to head down and between getting in the car and making it there, I was going to decide that things weren't actually that bad. I'd turn into a bottle shop and come back home. So I had to walk there to make sure that I'd at least feel pretty stupid and have a half an hour walk back to think about how stupid I'd been. Um, and I was brought up to believe that kind of logic and reason were, were the king of all things, that I could have anything that I wanted if only I worked hard enough and applied enough willpower. So the fact that I wasn't able to do anything about this drinking thing was really, really, really demoralising to me. Um, and so I saw, you know, and, and, and again, in my household, it, it was pretty anti-religious. Um, so my association of words like God and higher power was of a religious kind rather than a spiritual kind. Um, and so when I saw the steps on the wall, my first thought was, great, if I skip everything that has higher power or God in it, then I might be able to do some controlled drinking, but I don't need to do all 12 of these. Um, but, you know, I heard in that meeting, I heard someone describing the physical allergy and the mental obsession, those, those things that I'd felt for years but hadn't been able to put a name to. Um, and that, that person sat down and then someone else got up and spoke about it the same way and someone else got up and spoke about it the same way. And most importantly for me, they didn't just talk about the crashing and the banging that kind of happens throughout their drinking career. They spoke about the way that they felt and that hopelessness and that terror and that, and that real down on myself. You know, I really identified with all of that because I, I got off lightly with the consequences, but internally I was completely desolate. Um, that I, I just thought of myself as a complete failure and I really wasn't able to do anything about it no matter how much I tried or how much I tried to logic and control my life, how much I tried to live on my own willpower. And the other thing that was really interesting or gave me a lot of hope was that people were talking about how sober, how long they'd been sober and here I was one, one day without, without drinking and I was you know, already feeling terrible and people are describing, oh, it's been a month, it's been a year, it's been 25 years at the time. There were a whole bunch of kind of evidence in there that, that I picked up that said, you know what, there might be something here, that these people seem to have drank like me, they felt like me, and, and that here some of them are saying that they've been sober for a time, sober for longer than I've, than I've been in ages. Um, so I did the suggested things as I picked them up in meetings. You know, I heard going to meetings, keep coming back. So I did that for a couple of weeks until, you know, I start. I've been with alcohol for a couple, without alcohol for a couple of weeks now and I'm starting to, you know, get a little bit more restless and irritable and discontent and I'm starting to feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about drinking and I'm thinking about non-drinking. I'm, I'm starting to really strongly identify with that because it's been long enough without me just reaching over and picking up a drink that I'm actually starting to see how my mind is, is, is working. Um, so then I heard, go and read the big book. So I picked up a copy of the big book and I you know, read a few chapters of it at home and did, did the next thing that my brain latched onto. You know? and I started listening to speaker tapes and I started speaking to other members and getting phone numbers and doing all these things, kind of almost looking at the steps and just going, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. I'll just try all of the other things first. <laughs> um, but after like six or eight weeks, I'm just climbing the walls. Um, that it feels like my skin's just peeled off and every little thing that is happening in my life is just causing this massive emotional reaction. I'm getting 
angry over stuff. I'm incredibly joyful over stuff. I'm very, very sad. I'm just more unmanageable than ever. I can't, I can't control what's going on. And I went up and I asked another member, how do I deal with that? And to my mind at that stage, they didn't even answer the question. They just said, how about you come over to my house and we talk about alcoholism and we talk about the big book. And, you know, I'd had better offers in my life, but I was... <laughs> but I was all out of ideas. Um, and how, how I've come to understand that, you know, that... that uh, taking the wisdom of another person, that seeking of help, that hitting that point of hopelessness and and asking someone else for their experience and trying something different is kind of like the core of my higher power, you know, of asking for something outside of myself to help me and then actually taking that advice rather than ignoring it as it doesn't apply to me. You know, it's not my own will. And, you know, that was the answer to the question I was asking. I just wasn't ready to hear it at that stage, you know. Um, so we started going through the big book and I started to understand those things I was talking about before, you know, the powerless of life, the unmanageability, and began to understand that all of those things I've been trying to do to control my drinking and control my life and improve my life were actually making it tighter and tighter and tighter. You know, by the end, my world had shrunk down because I was good at isolating from the consequences. My world had kind of shrunk down to just my bedroom, my office, the train to get to to get into work, and that was it. There was nothing else, just the bottle sitting there over the side. Um, and that's pretty much how I took step two, was that for me, I had enough of an understanding to go, I have this problem. I've been doing everything that I can think of at the, you know, throughout for several years to try and stop drinking, that all of my ideas had actually come to absolutely nothing. And so, why not? was basically my step two, was that I, I had it proven to me that I was completely stuffed, that my ideas sucked, and that what I thought you know, would keep me from drinking was actually doing not very much at all. It might improve little bits of my life elsewhere for short periods of time, but continued drinking would gradually take all of that away. And I was just trying to control myself and everything around me as best I could, but it wasn't working and that maybe I needed to try a better way, that my life was completely unmanageable and that I needed to hope, hope that there was something else out there, that, that if I were to let go and, and try and do something a little bit different, that there would actually be something there to catch me. And I was terrified because though my life sucked, it was the only one that I knew um, and that I felt like by letting go, I had absolutely no idea where I would end up. Um, but I kind of had enough of an idea through going through the book that um, if I continued on the path that I was, it was going to land in just about the worst place that there was anyway. So for me, my step two coming to believe, how I came to believe, was not that I came to believe, but I came to believe that I was not doing a great job and that I should at least give something else a try. So I was given some homework. Um, and, you know, it was like, what, what do I have to lose? You know, I either continue on the path that I'm going, and I can always come back to that if this doesn't work. At the worst, I'm putting a pause on this for a couple of weeks, and I can go straight back to doing what I thought was kind of working. Um, so I was given some homework, you know, that if I was to acknowledge that there was a greater power greater than myself, that maybe I should try and at least acknowledge that to myself and do it out loud. So I was asked to say please and say thank you. 
in the morning and at night, and that was it. It was, I don't even know if it was introduced to me as a prayer, but it was just something I was instructed to do. And I'd been told and, and had picked up that, you know, if I do as others in this room have done, and if they suffer from the same thing that I do, then maybe I might be able to, to be sober as well. Um, and so I thought that sounded pretty stupid, honestly. Um, I was like, how is that going to help with drinking? Um, but I found myself only a couple of nights later sitting, lying in my bed, and all my mind is going, got to have a drink, can't have a drink, got to have a drink, can't have a drink, and I'm just spiralling up into the stratosphere. And I thought, why not? Those words again, why not try it? Um, and so I said it. I said, please. And my mind just spun down for about two minutes. Not for very long. But what it was was kind of almost like a bit of evidence for me that this idea that I thought was stupid, this thing that I didn't want to do, and my, my best idea was to sit there and fight those thoughts until eventually I drift off to sleep, that by trying something different, an idea from someone else, an idea perhaps from a power greater than myself, that something different happened to what I was expecting. Um, and that was kind of enough for me, you know? Um, and, but it was suggested that I had to do more if I wanted to actually have a chance at recovery. Um, that merely admitting, admitting that there might be a power greater than myself was nothing if I didn't actually then go and do something about it. So kind of what happened at that point was that I was thoroughly convinced I was an alcoholic. I was still getting through the day-to-day -day and kind of hanging in there and doing those kinds of things. Um, I was hoping like hell that this would work but realistically believing that it wasn't going to because I was still different and I, I had different challenges and you guys weren't the same as me, but I was kind of just hoping against hope that it actually would. Um, and I had that experience of trying something different that I didn't want to do, but it had an effect that I wasn't expecting. So it was, again, always for me, step two is back to that question of why not. If I'm thoroughly convinced that I'm powerless over alcohol and that my life's unmanageable, why not give something else a try? I can always go back to the way it was. It wasn't, it wasn't some great spiritual step or anything like that. It was literally an elimination of possibilities. Um, so I continued with the rest of the steps, you know, continued with the actions under the guidance of a sponsor and others, older sober members in the room, and completed those things or are in the process of completing some step nine still. Um, but just kept going, you know, tried to not just acknowledge that there was a higher power, but hand it over and then take the actions that follow to try and actually rid myself of some of those bedevilments and, and, and ways of thinking that I was thinking about before, you know. And now, it's been a rough three weeks. You know, Christmas and New Year, surrounded by family and alcohol and all those kinds of things. Um, I had, you know, I'm contemplating a very massive career change and it's all landed at the same time. A couple of friends have, have called me up and are really, were really, really struggling over Christmas and New Year. I've had another friend end up in hospital and my grandfather's passed away. And I am so, so grateful that through taking these actions here, the thought of drinking has never actually popped into my head. The fact that I still don't necessarily understand and I don't need to understand how, how this stuff has worked, but through following the steps of someone else who'd done it before, who was following the steps of someone else who'd done it before and someone else who'd done it before. By doing things that I didn't think were the right things to do, you know, I started at that place of control, limits, 
you know, do all these things in my own willpower by actually surrendering that and trying something different. Things aren't always smooth sailing, and I certainly don't hand stuff over on a daily basis successfully all the time. You know, I take back control quite often. Um, but I find that I'm usually taught through pain to try and let it go again. So it's just phenomenal that without, despite all those things happening in the last little while, I can still find myself completely free from an urge to drink, and it's just through following these steps. Thank you. Information about the Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available at stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au.